Bridge Bank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to the risk takers, the game changers, and the disruptors. Bridge Bank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. Bridge Bank, be bold, venture wisely. Hi there, I'm Randad Fattah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara and welcome to The Bay. Local news to keep you rooted. One of the largest Indian-American theater companies in the country started out of a UC Berkeley dorm room back in the 90s. It's been 27 years since then, and now Natak in the South Bay has blossomed into an entirely volunteer-run staple for Silicon Valley's Indian-American community. Now, after 27 years, I think I can say with some confidence that not only will it survive, it'll perhaps survive forever. Today, what Natak has planned for its 100th production and what keeps people coming back. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. You pull off the main drag in Santa Clara, and if you didn't know you were going to this warehouse space, you would not be looking for it. Rachel Myro is senior editor of KQED's Silicon Valley Desk. And then you, you spot it there in the back in a corner of this parking lot is this warehouse space. And as we get closer and closer to about 7, 7.30, more and more people show up of all ages. I would say maybe there were about 40, 50 people there on the night that I was there. There's a lot of hubbub. In in the far corner, you've got the musicians warming up, people doing vocal warm-ups. 
tapping those drums, uh, getting ready. Dancers, you know, in, in their rehearsal outfits. It's not a dress rehearsal yet. They're preparing for the 100th production of Natak. Rachel, introduce me to Natak. How long has it been operating? Well, so this has been going on now for more than a quarter century. Actually, we started fall 95. The first play was staged in February 96. Sujit Saraf was one of two college students uh, back in the mid-1990s who said to themselves, let's put on a show. And we held an audition. And the first audition was held in my dorm at UC Berkeley. And then we did another, and then we did another, and that's how Natak took off. And thus began a series of plays of all different varieties, some of them original, some of them epics, interpretations of, of uh, other existing plays, predominantly in, in Hindi, but in other languages as well, including English. Over the years, uh, Sujit estimates maybe a thousand people have moved through this theater company. I don't think it was obvious to any of us that it would last. I don't even know if we started Natak so much as we did a play. I mean, it sounds like Natak has gotten a lot bigger since the 90s and has turned in sort of this long-running kind of community establishment in the South Bay. Very much so. And what's wonderful about Natak is it, it really brings together... Indians and Indian Americans here in Silicon Valley. This is a region and an industry that has been, I would argue, unfairly maligned. These are people who, who have day jobs, for the most part working for many of the companies large and small in Silicon Valley. But on weeknights and on weekends, their heart belongs to community theater. There's just something about being involved in community theater that is, uh, it gets in the blood. It's, it's, it's hard to, to deny. So many theater companies, performing arts centers, uh, were really hit hard by the pandemic. I'm curious what happened to Natak during that time and during the time of like shelter in place. Uh, like so many arts organizations, uh, the first thing they, they did was go digital. And even though they've returned to in-person performances, here's a critical strength for Natak that I think a lot of people don't realize. They, they don't own a theater. They don't have a building, you know, with mortgage costs. I mean, they're paying rent for the warehouse, but, you know, that's, that's pretty marginal. And because it is a volunteer organization, they don't have staff. Um, so, for instance, you know, there are a lot of uh, musical organizations in the Bay Area that have really suffered because you've got to pay the salaries, or maybe you can't pay the salaries, and then all of those musicians can't stay with you because they've got to pay their own rent. So... Being free of those kind of structural costs made it possible for Natak to, you know, survive and even thrive during the pandemic. Well, Rachel, I want to talk about the 100th production. It sounds like it's a huge uh, 
a moment for this theater company? What are they choosing to showcase in their 100th production? So Ramayan um, is, is attributed to the poet Valmiki, who is kind of like maybe he was one person, maybe he was several, not unlike, you know, the, the ancient Greek Homer. There may be many Valmikis. And for Indians who have grown up in a certain time, the largest subjects tend to be our great epics, uh, uh, which were perhaps composed 2,500 years ago. And these are very long uh, long epics. I believe the original is 24,000 couplets by Valmiki. So we are doing what is called Tulsi Ramayan. The poet who rewrote it uh, was a man named Tulsi Das. It's about a prince's quest to rescue his beloved wife from the clutches of a demon king, um, employing the help of an army of monkeys and bears. These are very, very imaginative and beautiful epics. And of course, we filled them with uh, lovely music and lovely dance, which is perhaps the only sensible way of presenting them to the world. As Sujit puts it, you just can't grow up in India without being exposed to this epic in many different forms. I grew up with stories of the Ramayana. My mother recited one of the chapters, one of the seven chapters in Ramayana, every day of her life, from the age of 12 when she learned it to the age of 61 when she died. They permeate our lives, our consciousness. Bollywood movies draw from them. There is even a theory that all Bollywood movies are some amalgamation of the Ramayana and the Mahabharat. Sujit will acknowledge, you know, like there are many things because it is ancient, you know, it, it doesn't match with some of our political and cultural sensibilities today. You will find they are guilty of every ism you can imagine, you know, sexism and ageism and racism. So in that sense, they're not relevant. They are relevant because we Indians grow up with them and we find in them every possible idea and ideal that we can think of. Like so many mythological stories, it's sort of, uh, you know, talking about so many things that we can find resonance for in our daily lives today. They are so large that you almost cannot imagine something, a story, you cannot imagine a story that is not tucked away in some corner of these great stories. So we take that story. I'm curious how big the show is going to be this year. They're expecting to have maybe 3,000 people attend uh, at least one of 11 shows. And so, so yeah, that, that's something else to bear in mind. You know, they're not just doing this for their own enjoyment. There are a lot of people who come out to see these plays. And Rachel, can you just talk about like what exactly this production involves? What are the different elements of it? You've got the music. So they are providing an oral landscape. For the performances of the actors, who have learned a tremendous amount. They've essentially memorized 90 minutes of ancient Hindi couplets, plus the choreography. <laughs> and then, of course, you've got uh, the dance troupe, which is coming in uh, oftentimes to 
provide a kind of creative metaphorical evocation of things that are too big for, for any, you know, actor or actress to relate. A classic example would be the battle scenes, right? You know, it's, it's more compelling to present those in dance uh, than, you know, somebody in rhyming couplets saying, and now I will attack you. <laughs> I mean, I feel like this still sounds very rigorous and intense and just like a lot of work. What goes into getting ready for this? I always ask them to be six years classically trained. Sumia Augusta is the producer and dance director for this uh, production of Ramayan. And she says that, you know, she's basically got her pick of some of the best uh, amateur talent in terms of classically trained dancers uh, in the South Bay. So they have to have done a proper coaching, and it's also called arangetram, which means, you know, getting onto stage. So it's a rigorous uh, six to ten years worth of uh, learning that the people have to do before they come on here. I think you can hear uh, in her voice when she talks just the, the, the raw passion she brings uh, to performance. When you do all of this hard work and you put out a product and you have like 3,000, 4,000 people watch it and they come to you and say that was an outstanding production or you guys did a fabulous job, oh, it's so rewarding. What's really lovely hanging out with the people who are, you know, rehearsing for a Natak production is, is these are people who are in joyous command of their love of theater, right? They get so much out of putting a show on. So... This is, of course, the 100 production, as we've been talking about. I'm curious, looking ahead for the theater company, how are folks who are running Natak thinking about the theater's future, especially Sujit, who started all this 27 years ago? You know, it's it's funny. This is not the first time that I talked to Sujit. Uh, you know, we have been in touch over the years over a variety of different uh, performances when I asked him about the fact that I saw so many young people in, in the warehouse at the rehearsal, he's, he's aware that, you know, time is marching on. Um, and, you know, I, I don't want to give the impression that he is, you know, steps away from retirement because he's clearly not. But he's definitely aware that, you know, new generations are coming up in Natak. I mean, 100 Productions is a big deal, and also I feel like it seems like an accomplishment when we think about what COVID did to so many local theater scenes across the Bay Area. And I guess zooming out, Rachel, how would you just characterize the role that this theater company plays in the Indian American community, especially in the South Bay and especially in Silicon Valley? To my mind, you know, Natak isn't singular. It's not, it's not the singular flower that, you know, emerges in a field. <laughs> There's a field of flowers here. I had uh, a brief opportunity for KQED to cover uh, arts and culture in Silicon Valley exclusively for a short stretch a few years ago. I moved to the area for, for the first time in my life and like so many people uh, in San Francisco, in the East Bay, I really didn't know a lot about what was going on south of the airport. 
it's so wide-ranging, and it expresses the best of the people who live here. And that's, to, to me, you know, like, Natak, yes, it's a showcase for, for Indian culture, but it's also homegrown. It is both things at once. I think I can say with some confidence that not only will it survive, it'll perhaps survive forever. It is a lifetime achievement, and no matter what happens now, I'm almost sure when I'm unable to perform, I will still keep hearing about it and feeling good about it. It's so interesting to me, you know, when, when we think of Silicon Valley, we obviously primarily think of it in terms of what's the work product? Who are the people working and how are they working? Versus who, who are we on the nights and the weekends? We're much richer than that. We're much more uh, interesting, exciting, engaged, emotionally, culturally than that. And um, a performance like Ramayan uh, is a manifestation of, of all of that creative talent, all of that enthusiasm, all of those community ties, right? There's so much going on in the world beyond who we are at the office. Well, Rachel, this is such a cool story. Thank you so much for reporting it and for sharing it with us. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you. That was Rachel Myro, senior editor of KQED's Silicon Valley Desk. Natak performs Ramayan at Coverly Theater in Palo Alto until the 25th of this month. If you're interested in checking it out, we'll leave you some links and more info in our show notes. This 30-minute conversation with Rachel was cut down and edited by Alan Montecilio. Producer Maria Esquinka scored this episode and added all the tape. The Bay is a production of KQED Public Media in San Francisco. Alan Montecilio is our editor. Maria Esquinka is our producer. Gerald Furman is our podcast engagement producer. Kiana Mogadam is our senior producer of podcasts. Jen Chien is our director of podcasts. And KQED's chief content officer is Holly Kernan. And I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, your host. Thank you so much for listening today and this week. I hope you all have a great weekend. And we'll catch you right back here on Monday. Peace. Hi, I'm Sasha Koka, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse, golden state. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid. And I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because 
This is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support.